Section five of Farewell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Farewell by Honoré de Balzac. Translated by Ellen Marriage. Section five. They set out for the Russian lines taking the direction of the batteries that had so cruelly raked the mass of miserable creatures huddled together by the river-bank a few minutes later the hoofs of two galloping horses rang on the frozen snow and the awakened battery fired a volley that passed over the heads of the sleepers the hoof-beats rattled so fast on the iron ground that they sounded like the hammering in a smithy. The generous aide-de-camp had fallen. The stalwart grenadier had come off safe and sound, and Philippe himself received a bayonet-thrust in the shoulder while defending his friend. Notwithstanding his wound, he clung to his horse's mane and gripped him with his knees so tightly that the animal was held as in a vice god be praised cried the major when he saw his soldier still on the spot and the carriage standing where he had left it if you do the right thing by me sir you will get me the cross for this we have treated them to a sword-dance, to a pretty tune from the rifle, eh? We have done nothing yet. Let us put the horses in. Take hold of these cords. They are not long enough. All right, Grenadier, just go and overhaul those fellows sleeping there. Take their shawls, sheets, anything. I say, the rascal is dead cried the grenadier as he plundered the first man who came to hand why they are all dead how queer all of them yes every one it looks as though the horse-flesh a la neige was indigestible philip shuddered at the words the night had grown twice as cold as before great heaven to lose her when i have saved her life a score of times already he shook the countess stephanie stephanie he cried she opened her eyes we are saved madame saved she echoed and fell back again the horses were harnessed after a fashion at last the major held his sabre in his unwounded hand took the reins in the other saw to his pistols and sprang on one of the horses while the grenadier mounted the other the old sentinel had been pushed into the carriage and lay across the knees of the general and the countess his feet were frozen urged on by blows from the flat of the sabre the horses dragged the carriage at a mad gallop down to the plain where endless difficulties awaited them before long 
it became almost impossible to advance without crushing sleeping men women and even children at every step all of whom declined to stir when the grenadier awakened them in vain Monsieur de Sucy looked for the track that the rearguard had cut through this dense crowd of human beings. There was no more sign of their passage than the wake of a ship in the sea. The horses could only move at a foot pace, and were stopped most frequently by soldiers who threatened to kill them. "'Do you mean to get there?' asked the grenadier yes if it costs every drop of blood in my body if it costs the whole world the major answered forward then you can't have the omelette without breaking eggs and the grenadier of the garde urged on the horses over the prostrate bodies and upset the bivouacs and blood-stained wheels ploughing that field of faces left a double furrow of dead but in justice it should be said that he never ceased to thunder out his warning cry carrion look out poor wretches exclaimed the major bah that way or the cold or the cannon said the grenadier goading on the horses with the point of his sword then came the catastrophe which must have happened sooner but for miraculous good fortune the carriage was overturned and all further progress was stopped at once i expected as much exclaimed the imperturbable grenadier how he is dead he added looking at his comrade poor laurent said the major laurent wasn't he in the fifth chasseurs yes my own cousin Pooh, this beastly life is not so pleasant that one need be sorry for him as things go but all this time the carriage lay overturned and the horses were only released after great and irreparable loss of time. The shock had been so violent that the countess had been awakened by it, and the subsequent commotion aroused her from her stupor. She shook off the rugs and rose. "'Where are we, Philippe?' she asked in musical tones as she looked about her about five hundred paces from the bridge we are just about to cross the beresina when we are on the other side stephanie i will not tease you any more i will let you go to sleep we shall be in safety we can go on to vilna in peace god grant you may never know what your life has cost you are wounded a mere trifle the hour of doom had come the russian cannon announced the day the russians were in possession of studzianka and thence were raking the plain with grape-shot and by the first dim light of the dawn the major saw two columns moving 
and forming above the heights then a cry of horror went up from the crowd and in a moment everyone sprang to his feet each instinctively felt his danger and all made a rush for the bridge surging towards it like a wave then the russians came down upon them swift as a conflagration men women children and horses all crowded towards the river luckily for the major and the countess they were still at some distance from the bank general eble had just set fire to the bridge on the other side but in spite of all the warnings given to those who rushed towards the chance of salvation not one among them could or would draw back the overladen bridge gave way and not only so the impetus of the frantic living wave towards that fatal bank was such that a dense crowd of human beings was thrust into the water as if by an avalanche the sound of a single human cry could not be distinguished there was a dull crash as if an enormous stone had fallen into the water and the beresina was covered with corpses the violent recoil of those in front striving to escape this death brought them into hideous collision with those behind them who were pressing towards the bank and many were suffocated and crushed the comte and comtesse de vandieres owed their lives to the carriage the horses that had trampled and crushed so many dying men were crushed and trampled to death in their turn by the human maelstrom which eddied from the bank sheer physical strength saved the major and the grenadier they killed others in self-defence that wild sea of human faces and living bodies surging to and fro as by one impulse left the bank of the beresina clear for a few moments the multitude had hurled themselves back on the plain some few men sprang down from the banks of the river not so much with any hope of reaching the opposite shore which for them meant france as from dread of the wastes of siberia for some bold spirits despair became a panoply an officer leaped from hummock to hummock of ice and reached the other shore one of the soldiers scrambled over miraculously on the piles of dead bodies and drift ice but the immense multitude left behind saw at last that the russians would not slaughter twenty thousand unarmed men too numb with the cold to attempt to resist them and each awaited his fate with dreadful apathy by this time the major and his grenadier the old general and his wife were left to themselves not very far from the place where the bridge had been 
all four stood dry-eyed and silent among the heaps of dead a few able-bodied men and one or two officers who had recovered all their energy at this crisis gathered about them the group was sufficiently large there were about fifty men all told a couple of hundred paces from them stood the wreck of the artillery bridge which had broken down the day before the major saw this and let us make a raft he cried the words were scarcely out of his mouth before the whole group hurried to the ruins of the bridge a crowd of men began to pick up iron clamps and to hunt for planks and ropes for all the materials for a raft in short a score of armed men and officers under command of the major stood on guard to protect the workers from any desperate attempt on the part of the multitude if they should guess their design the longing for freedom which inspires prisoners to accomplish impossibilities cannot be compared with the hope which lent energy at that moment to these forlorn frenchmen the russians are upon us here are the russians the guard shouted to the workers the timbers creaked the raft grew larger stronger and more substantial generals colonels and common soldiers all alike bent beneath the weight of wagon-wheels chains coils of rope and planks of timber it was a modern realization of the building of noah's ark the young countess sitting by her husband's side looked on regretful that she could do nothing to aid the workers though she helped to knot the lengths of rope together at last the raft was finished forty men launched it out into the river while ten of the soldiers held the ropes that must keep it moored to the shore the moment that they saw their handiwork floating on the beresina they sprang down on to it from the bank with callous selfishness the major dreading the frenzy of the first rush held back stephanie and the general but a shudder ran through him when he saw the landing-place black with people and men crowding down like playgoers into the pit of a theatre it was i who thought of the raft you savages he cried i have saved your lives and you will not make room for me a confused murmur was the only answer the men at the edge took up stout poles thrust them against the bank with all their might so as to shove the raft out and gain an impetus at its starting upon a journey across a sea of floating ice and dead bodies towards the other shore tonnerre de dieu i will knock some of you off into the water if you don't make room for the major and his two companions shouted the grenadier he raised his sabre threateningly 
delayed the departure and made the men stand closer together in spite of threatening yells i shall fall in i shall go overboard his fellows shouted let us start put off the major gazed with tearless eyes at the woman he loved an impulse of sublime resignation raised her eyes to heaven to die with you she said in the situation of the folk upon the raft there was a certain comic element they might utter hideous yells but not one of them dared to oppose the grenadier for they were packed together so tightly that if one man were knocked down the whole raft might capsize at this delicate crisis a captain tried to rid himself of one of his neighbours the man saw the hostile intention of his officer collared him and pitched him overboard ha the duck has a mind to drink over with you there is room for two now he shouted quick major throw your little woman over and come never mind that old dotard he will drop off to-morrow be quick cried a voice made up of a hundred voices come major those fellows are making a fuss and well they may the comte de vandiere flung off his ragged blankets and stood before them in his general's uniform let us save the count said philippe stephanie grasped his hand tightly in hers flung her arms about and clasped him close in an agonized embrace farewell she said then each knew the other's thoughts the comte de vandiere recovered his energies and presence of mind sufficiently to jump on to the raft whither stephanie followed him after one last look at philippe major won't you take my place i do not care a straw for life i have neither a wife nor child nor mother belonging to me i give them into your charge cried the major indicating the count and his wife be easy i will take as much care of them as of the apple of my eye philippe stood stock still on the bank the raft sped so violently towards the opposite shore that it ran aground with a violent shock to all on board the count standing on the very edge was shaken into the stream and as he fell a mass of ice swept by and struck off his head and sent it flying like a ball hey major shouted the grenadier farewell a woman's voice called aloud end of section 5 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey